This is a test of an indie web podcast recorded Sunday, March 18th, 2018 at 8.15 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 5.15 Pacific. You can talk now. Should we begin with introductions? Okay, so who are you again? <laughs> I guess in, in standard indie web form, my name is Chris Aldrich, and my website is bafosaco.com. And, and my, my name is David Shansky, david.shansky.com. And let's see, I'm trying to figure out how I can describe myself in the context of this community. When did you start? Well, um, let's see. And, it goes and how back, did, you, it, it how goes, did you come into it? It goes back to 2014 when I was sitting around listening to a program and somebody was talking about the recent indie web camp, in this case, uh, what's now called the Summit, which was the 2014 event um, in Portland, and somebody happened to be talking about it. And I said, okay, there's a community that talks about the concepts that I personally believe, and I'd like to learn more. And I joined the chat room, and there we are. Uh, four years later, I'm still hanging around and <laughs> continually... I happen to know you're doing a little bit more than just hanging around. Uh, yes, I've become somehow known as the uh, WordPress, uh, I don't know what's the word that you put after the word WordPress in that, uh, the go-to person, um, just because out of all the WordPress people in the community, I'm the one who's usually around. Or always around when a handful of specific words are mentioned anywhere in chat, at least. Uh, well, I do have a running search for all of the important words, um, including WordPress itself. Yeah. So if somebody talks about WordPress, I usually, uh, if I'm available, I usually pop up. If I'm not available, you'll see two hours later, was somebody talking about WordPress? Yeah. Two hours ago, or four hours ago, or I think one time I showed up six hours later. <laughs> you show up sooner or later, at least, I think is the key. Yeah. Um, so um, it goes to the community idea that you quote-unquote scratch your own itch. So my itch was I had a site. I wanted to do stuff with it. The stuff I wanted to do didn't exist, so I started building things, and I'm still building stuff, and I yeah. still don't have everything I want. Oh, I, I think the problem is the the more time I spend, the more uh, itches I end up getting for things that I want to do or try and set up. Um, well, I still haven't gotten um, to what I want. I'm still building pieces of what I want. And always iterating. Yeah, and uh, sometimes I add on pieces to make flexibility for other people who I want to be able to support while I'm working on what I'm going to do. So you'll see little pieces there where it's, okay, I don't really want this, but I know somebody's going to want to, so I will make it possible, but I'm not going to do more than the basics on that. So I build it this way. Somebody's unhappy. Okay. I'll put in a setting that turns that thing that I like off because not everybody wants it. Yeah. In fact, you'll be glad to know that you've built such an infrastructure that this morning Literally, while I was in the car on my cell phone, I was able to add a new post type to my website and, and at least capture some of the data for the thing that I wanted to start doing eventually. But I it isn't chicken. I no, it's not chicken. Although chicken, I have now I have two chicken posts on my website, sadly. But um, no, this morning I, I had gone for a walk, and an app on my phone, apparently in the background, I once told it, "Yeah, go ahead and." automatically record details but i went for a walk with the dog and this app recorded the neighborhood and showed me a map of where i was and told me how long i went on a walk how far i went my speed my max speed my min speed all this fun stuff and so i was able to take a quick screen capture of my phone with all of this rich data 
And then uh, I was able to go to my site and on the back end literally change one flag from false to true and make my first exercise post with a, you know, and I essentially said I'm going for a walk with the dog and was able to throw in a picture of this, all this data that my phone had collected to create, you know, a very, an, albeit a very simple post about my exercise for the morning. But that data my phone had collected, so suddenly I was able to like, you know, encapsulate it, post it to my site and literally create a new post type in, a, in under, you know, three minutes, I think is the sum total it took me to do it. Um, and that's but, why there's a lot of words in there that I'm not using that I just sort of held because I knew somebody would want them at some point. A but few. because you you had that foresight, I was able to do that inside of, you know. Well, every time somebody has something that sounds interesting, I just sort of hold the word for later. Yeah. But it, it took me two minutes on a cell phone to, to enable that, which I thought was just awesome, you well, know. Well, the potential is the whole way that um, the plugin was designed and the post kinds for WordPress was that basically it just encapsulated a bunch of different properties. So it didn't need to really know what the properties were. There's a template that you can write that will actually display whatever property you want. It knows how to store properties. It knows how to retrieve them. So if you wanted to latch onto that and add additional properties, anybody can pretty much do it. And every so often I go in, what I try to do is sort of the bare minimum on that. Yeah. Because let's say that I don't write something, it links into Micropub, where people are writing these clients that pull all sorts of data. So you have OwnMyGram that takes Instagram and turns it into Micropub. Micropub sends a WordPress-enabled website. And PostKinds tries to do something with it. And we're all trying to lean towards that area where all the pieces start to fit together. And you have to do very little to add functionality. Yep. In fact, so little that idiots like me can have chicken post types. That one I never envisioned. Yeah, no. But it, you know, it took less than 20 minutes to add it. I think oh, the only yeah. thing I'm missing now is a, a good a good icon for it. But, you know. And that's basically all you need. You, all you need is, a, is an icon, uh, a couple of properties that are set in there, and a template. Yep. So I tried to make it easy, and it models itself, and it's been moving in that direction for several versions with what other people are doing. So you have um, Parecki, who stores all of his posts as microformats properties. So Micropub is built on that philosophy that it sends those same properties. So they're arbitrarily stored, and they can, you know, I continue to iterate on making it less and less specific, which means easier and easier for people to add things. Anybody could write a simple plugin, add another type, add the boxes to actually support that type and move on from there. Or, or at least almost anyone. Well, I'm, I'm not saying you, you wouldn't necessarily need to learn where you had to hook everything in. And I probably at some point should write a, how to add a post kind there. I'm just saying that anybody could go in, read the code and actually figure out where they needed to hook in without modifying a set of code for plugin. Yeah. Again, probably should write that down at some point. Well, yeah, I think between that and how to lay out a specific template well, for keep... all of the data types that you've got within the thing. Um, so literally creating a chicken post, I think I cut and pasted a, a block of code and just changed three words. And um, basically... And there it was. And if you don't, um, there's a default that actually just tries to render anything what's stored. And again, this mirrors a lot more that you have in the community, which you have People doing that on various different platforms, their own code with code that they're contributing. Known does a similar, and you have a note if I remember correctly. Yes, I do. Although I've been using it less and less uh, because there's more and more going on on the WordPress side of things, and oh. things have become a little easier on WordPress than they were 
two or three years ago or four years ago when I started. Um, well, as I mentioned before we started, I really wanted to talk about um, the particular article that both of us had seen, which was, um, it doesn't have a really easy to URL. It's uh, eli.li slash entry.php question mark ID equals 2018-0318-015-703. So that's 2018. 0318, so March 18th, and then after that's 015703. Or you can just visit the site and look for Dear Indie Web. It may be time to start considering the user, not just the technical specification. And every time I see that as a, a comment, I always use it as an opportunity to sort of take stock because admittedly, I'm not a somebody who has a lot of experience in user interface design. Yeah. So I every time I try to work on it, I try to make the interface easier. Sometimes the initial interface is designed to just be functional. But same thing with the error message. You know, I've dealt with a lot of systems where I've read the error message doesn't help me figure out what's going on and given feedback. And the question is, how do you go and make it for people to enable something and instantly under? So um, this particular individual was actually trying to indie webify a WordPress site, something I know a lot about because I have my hands in most of it. Even if I'm not the author, I've contributed. Mm -hmm. And at least read the code. Yeah, and sometimes I have to go. Um, yeah. And I keep taking on new pieces. Uh, for example, while I put it on hold, I took on the Indie Auth plugin WordPress and drove myself crazy trying to actually write a endpoint for it. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, I only have 50% of the necessary endpoint. Everyone happy? Yeah. I'll get to the other at some point. But <laughs> the thing is that for me, it's how do I get better? So I ask myself whenever anybody says, I don't understand how to use this, what am I missing? Because... It is not perfect. It is not necessarily as I'd like it to, but how do I make it easier without spending a lot of time working on onboarding over adding new features? So for me, it's sort of how much time should I invest in that? Yeah. Because it goes back to if you're building for yourself, you do want to make it so other people can use it, but do you want to make that the only thing you ever do? Because I could go and you know build a wizard to make it able to go through, but that wouldn't be adding any function yeah. that I'd necessarily. It would be sort of a community labor of love, and if I'm laboring it's hard to love well i keep adding new things in that vein well i think that the tough I added every single icon that i hoped everybody ever yeah well i think the tough part too is the the origin of what the indie web was going back to you know probably 2007 and it was after the you know there was a a camp at which a bunch of people got together and mostly surrounding Twitter and how Twitter was working and operating. And it's mostly open ecosystem at, at that point where they had one of the drop dead simplest APIs on the planet. So almost anybody who had any coding experience could work with it, figure it out and, you, you know, send data to Twitter or extract data from Twitter um, made things easy, but a lot of people had ideas of how things could be better and easier or more open. And, you know, there was a, a camp at which everybody sat down and threw out a bunch of ideas. And of course, Twitter being Twitter went back and did none of that, um, or it only did the things that they felt were interesting or valuable. And the hundreds or thousands of other people who were paying attention and watching were just drastically disappointed both at that time and even more so later on when Twitter turned off pieces of their API and essentially kicked developers out. Um, um, they basically said, come build on our platform, and then a few years later, sorry, we were joking, don't build on our platform. <laughs> well, I, I think they almost did it in a 
in a viral type of way. Most of the Twitter internal employees, I think, were spending so much time trying to keep the Twitter service up and running from a, a service standpoint and a database standpoint that they had neither the time, or effort, or inclination to iterate on some of the fun stuff because they were keeping the service afloat. And then it was outside ideas coming from a huge group of developers who didn't work for the company that really kind of made it what it was. And then eventually they pulled that carpet out from under them. But so the core of what IndieWeb is, is, you know, building what you want for yourself so that you don't have to wait for some third party company or service to build it for themselves. Um, well, the downside is that ultimately I have to wait until the vision I have in my head actually ends up out of my head. Yeah, well, and there's both that and the time and effort that it takes to do these things individually. But I think for the average Mary or John on the street who's stuck using Twitter or Facebook and unhappy with what's going on there, most of them don't have the time, effort, energy, or e even knowledge or skill to know how to code to build something themselves. So there's a huge, you know, mountain that one has to cross over to you know, try even try and get that type of functionality, much less somebody who is, you know, whose day job is a being a, a computer programmer or coder who can, you know, can do that themselves. Um, One of the things I, I like about um, choosing WordPress as opposed to rolling my solution is whatever I do for myself, I can share with other people. So there's a benefit where I can say, okay, fine, do this, and I think I bother you off about that. <laughs> I'm trying to figure out if this works for anybody other than me before I yeah. deploy it because I can deploy a mess that only I understood how to use. And I'm, mm -hmm. I'd rather make the, I'm not going to again obsess about it, but I'd rather make the effort that people can sort of get how to use it without me having too much. And if you look at what I did more recently, I basically dismantled the entire interface and rebuilt it and tried to make it extremely easy for anybody, including myself to, and to hide everything, which for me, the only reason to hide everything I don't need is so that I didn't see it. Yeah. <laughs> but for other people, the reason to hide stuff is because I, Everybody was confused about what was supposed to go in what box. I know what's supposed to go in what box. I'm the one to put it there. That doesn't apply to everybody. Well, I think you've even gone a step further than that from a UI perspective. You know, using the PostKinds plugin uh, to, you know, create a post, whether it's a like or a bookmark as an example. You know, or let, we can use bookmark as a really great example. If I want to bookmark a website somewhere, I can put the URL for it into the interface and without doing anything other than putting it into a box, you know, the the plug the plugin itself goes out and fetches most of the metadata I want about that URL, the title, uh, synopsis of it, who wrote it, the date and time it was posted, and even the date and time it was updated. A lot of the time, and a whole bunch um, of other things that I haven't. And a bunch to do with it. A, a bunch of other metadata that some people may not know, even that they would want it yet. Well, if you actually open up in the future, if you actually want to see what it does, if you open up the basically the web console in your browser, mm -hmm. uh, it will actually post exactly what it retrieves into the web console. Yeah, so you could actually but, see every single property that it retrieves if you ever wanted to. Use it. Yeah, but I, that type of thing, I think, is actually a very user interface forward type of thing that you know not a lot of other indie web tools or products are actually doing presently. Um, I even with known as an example, when you reply or bookmark something, 
you know, it gets a very minimal subset of what that thing is. Well, I wanted to, as much data as anybody wanted to to post. So, uh, you know, I think from Eli's perspective on this post that he wrote, you've kind of gone above and beyond, you know, for the people who are, and I, you know, I guess we should define what the concept of generations is within the IndieWeb. Um, well, well, the idea being that you have clusters of potential adopters are expected to adopt things. So you have the people who start are basically developers, people who are building. Then you get to the second generation, which would be journalists and bloggers. So people who are very much involved having their own site. They're just not necessarily in the process of having a new website. And then you have generation three, which would be personal domains managed by third parties, which I always sort of read as the sort of microblog type idea, although it's mm -hmm. not quite that where basically you have a personal domain, but it is managed by somebody else. Unknown uh, is also probably... Well, I, even, I think even at that, other than the fact that you don't own it and have no control over it, that's essentially, to a large extent, what Facebook and Twitter and Instagram are, is it a third-party service that's kind of running and managing your web presence. Well, the difference yeah. is, again, the personal domain idea. Yeah. So well, the, there, there's, yeah, there's that too, but, I, you know, from my mother's perspective um not that she probably couldn't figure it out herself if she wanted to but and for all intents and purposes her her web presence is facebook.com slash chris's mom you know and that's her domain she just doesn't own it and has no direct control over it but she's relying on a third party to run her run and maintain her web identity yeah but i always thought, would think of that as sort of uh, the four generation four is people using social networks that's where the people who are coming on board with the indie web are people who are using a third party service where they don't have a personal the previous generations where they're using a third party service where they do have a personal yeah okay so, i see that so i'm thinking of more generation 3 being a hosted service yeah where you do have some control over it for example you could extract your data and move it to a different hosted service so something like wordpress.com or maybe yeah. tumblr those are where you have a personal domain but somebody else is handling the bulk of the code and the bulk of the functionality. So I would, that's why I said known is sort of an example of a, of that type of service where it's in, where it would be web adjacent. Yeah. Because it incorporates all of those things that you want, but it is managed by a third party. Although you can have your hosted version. WordPress.com would be another example of that. Although WordPress.com doesn't quite have the capability. Yeah. And uh, while there are people over there who sort of are interested, uh, nothing really serious has come of that. And, any, and that applies to pretty much any major platform. So far, um, a lot there have been people who represent those platforms who have been interested in the concepts, but there's nobody who's actually jumped up and said, I think I'll put that in. Now, known yeah. being as it was started by somebody in the community, and you have micro.blog where it was started by somebody who's very interested in these concepts. You don't have anybody in an existing platform who's adding it. It's sort of... Yeah. Although I think in the last couple of months, we've seen some really positive strides from the Drupal community to come up to speed somewhat quickly to begin doing that. And I think they've got one or two people who, you know, have some gravitas within those communities to start at, at least adding and playing around with things at the plugin structure level. Yep. Um, I think they still have, you know, a, a long road to go before that stuff becomes part of core functionality. I think so does the WordPress community where uh, there's nobody on who's involved in the actual core community and pushing them. So to, to to take the conversation back to Eli's post that kind of originated this conversation, um, 
I think one of the interesting pieces on it uh, in his discussion, and, and I think most of his discussion was coming from a place that he's a generation one developer himself, um, but has some issues with how the UI works or doesn't work. Um, and, that, and, and then he kind of concludes with a paragraph, and I, I'll, I'll read it to give uh, the full quote. He says, so whereas, and here he quotes the IndieWeb wiki, each generation is expected to lower barriers for adoption successively for the next generation. End quote from the wiki. He says, I wonder if it is maybe time to update some of the tooling from generation one and two to be more compatible with generations three and four. Anyone with me? Am I, you know, totes off base? Thank you kindly. So I'm curious what your reaction is to that, to the way he ended that and how you see that, how you see the either WordPress is part of the indie web community or the, the entirety of the community taking that and moving forward with it. And I'm always looking for somebody to just tell me, how do you lower the barriers for adoption? Well, I, no, I'm saying it's, it's yeah. always, I'm always trying to do it. So I'm always trying to make things easier. I'm always trying to fill in the gaps. But the question is always when somebody comes and says, I don't understand what to do with this. And I have this yeah. problem, not just you know, personally, I have the same problem in a different context professionally. Or somebody comes to me and says, okay, I don't know how to use it. It doesn't make any sense to me. And I ask, well, what, what exactly are you experiencing? And the answers I always get are, it doesn't work for me. I don't know what to do. The problem is it's very, what the hard thing to do, people who are in user interface design have a lot more experience figuring it out, is how do you figure out why somebody understands something so that you can figure yeah. out how to make it understandable to the masses? And that's a bigger problem than most people at the generation one or at the generation two level can figure out. Maybe at the generation two level, because some of those are journalists, that's part of their job to try to figure out how to make the, make stories approachable. Mm-hmm. But the well, issue is how do you, when you have something that to you makes sense because you built it or because you've invested time in dissecting, it, how do you make it so that it is so easy that it's moved down to, I just understand what I need to do level. And yeah. Most of the people are just too close to it. Yeah. Or, or maybe like in your case, aren't necessarily using it. So you'll, I, you know, I often see you throw in things and pieces of functionality that I know you're not using yourself, but you do it more for the good of the broader community of, uh, there are people who will want to use this. I'm um, curious, which, which thing do you think that I would never use? Well, not never use, but that you don't frequently use. Um, so I, and I, I have got a, actually a good case in point recently in the last month and a half here. Um, so uh, Ryan Barrett added the ability to allow bridgy brid.gy as a service to post to github and then also do backfeed from github so that when folks post responses to your your github the copy of the thing you sent to github that you'll get those replies back and almost immediately you added that functionality um in fact i think you may have beat two or three other people who really wanted it and were coding for themselves. But you added that functionality to, to the Bridgie Publish plugin so that it was there and available. And uh, watching it, you know, I saw your post. So you posted something from your own website and syndicated to, to GitHub and essentially got the blogging equivalent of the quote-unquote first post. Um, and then I, I both heard and saw what was going on you know, watching the community from a half step back that week because uh, I didn't have time to build or do anything directly myself. But I saw it and I was like, okay, I've 
I've kind of been I've been syndicating things from with known as a platform to GitHub for a while, um, but I was exceedingly thrilled that being able to get responses back from it would work. And then without even waiting a half of a heartbeat, suddenly you had built that functionality into WordPress. Um, but literally within a half of a day or two of making my first post on my own website as a, a GitHub issue or a reply to a GitHub issue and then getting replies back, um, I think I had one or two examples where I had done it and then maybe a short post kind of explaining what it is and what was going on, how this thing was working, that I could post an issue on my WordPress site, automatically syndicate it to GitHub so it would appear, a copy would appear there, and then getting replies back to that post to my original. It, it, it literally, within a two or three days of that point, there were probably four people who responded to me who said they had seen or heard about this new functionality, but they had no idea what it was or why they would use it or what was going on. And it was literally seeing the example of me physically doing it and kind of seeing the process and what it looked like on my website that suddenly made the light bulb go off. Oh, this is what this piece of functionality is for. and This is how I could use it. And this is what happens when it is used. Um, and I, you know, I kind of went through and wrote up a quick synopsis of how to set it up and make that work. But until I had done that and sh kind of shown the example as somebody who, you know, I can read through the code and take some decent guesses at what's going to happen. But until I'd done it and made it work, there were, you know, other people out there who were watching and following me who had no idea. But then once they've seen it in action, it's like, oh, that's what that does. And you know what? Actually, I want that too. And it's worth jumping through the couple of hoops. And here's how I follow that example. Um, and, I, and I think to some extent, it, and it goes back even to the original blogosphere, uh, people writing things on their own websites in the early 2000s and creating new functionality and somebody saying, oh, I, I like what you've done with that thing on your website. How can I do that? And then that community of sharing the code or the methods and the setup to do it is a you know a really valuable piece of what's going on in the community. Um, and so I I think probably in the last month or so I've gotten just random messages from people I don't even know saying oh I've read pieces of your blog and I'm really glad you've written up how you've done what you've done and how you've come about it so that I can do that stuff too. Um, and, uh, you know, lots of times I'll have seen that in the past from people I actually know, but now I'm getting random strangers doing that. So I have and a question some, about that. To some extent, it's only possible because of code you're writing or that Ryan Barrett or, you know, Matthias Feverly are putting together and then I'm using it. But yeah, go ahead. What's the question? But is that the solution to the generational problem? The solution is combine the development part with the writing part the documentation is just as a new functionality if people don't understand what the possibilities are isn't lit you're what you're basically advocating is living in indie web life and by example you move the needle forward and you move people through the generational lists I, I i don't remember it's probably been a little more than six months ago but i think sometime in the last year uh, you know and watching the code that other people write and not only realizing but just 
truly knowing that the code you write is going to be better and more functional and abstracted in such a much better way. Uh, it's not that I wouldn't necessarily say that about my code. <laughs> the it's, it's not necessarily deterred me from writing code, but I think I have come to the realization that I can do more good faster for how things work within this indie web community by writing about my experience and how I'm doing what I'm doing using code that others write to, to kind of provide that bridge from these obscure pieces of functionality whose code I can read and understand, at least to the, a great extent I can understand it, because I am not nearly as good a coder as you are or others, and certainly there's a spectrum. Um, but I, I, I know it, and I, I can use the lower it. End of it. <laughs> I, I think you're higher up than you probably give yourself credit for, but um, uh, but by using, I think, what you write and putting it out there and tweaking around with it and giving you feedback, I think that's helped move the needle a little bit. But I think there's also a disconnect between, you know, there's more of a continuum between what I see as the generation one coder and the generation two blogger, you know, somebody who's got their own domain and their own website and generations then three and four that are following it. And I think the the strides I've seen the community as a general thing make over the last year, year and a half have been humongous. I mean, it's so much easier to set up an indie website on two or three platforms that give some really much more powerful functionality than existed even three years ago um, is a whole lot easier. It's not dead simple yet. And you still have to know a little bit of code and how the internet works to put these things together. But I think part of Eli's issue, and I, I'm not sure whether he's ready to roll up his sleeves and jump in and help fix some of the things that he sees as problems. And they're, they're hard problems. They're, you know, we obviously need a lot more UI and design people within the community. Um, but I think we'll eventually get there. But I think there's a tougher break between the second generation and generations three and four who are going to need a lot more help to put things together. Um, so I think part of that is, uh, in my mind, there's only maybe one or two businesses that exist as indie web, either compatible or maybe adjacent businesses that are helping people do some of this. But we have yet to see a, a web host or a service provider really jump on full force and say, hey, we're going to we're gonna make it dead simple for you to sign up and own your own domain and create your own website and do and have a lot of these functionalities that, that exist and are out there. And I think when that when we get to that tipping point that there's one or more companies that are doing that, that disconnect I think that Eli is seeing between generation two and and three even is gonna you know be a big floodgate uh, opening up. So and I was just looking at the comments on that post, and you have that basic range as well. You have people can just create a micro.blog site, which basically lets feed stuff off of a website directly into something that is sort of a, a lot of the tools that have been created, Bridgie being one of them. You have webmention.io, which is a webmention hosting option, are designed to sort of link these things together and say, okay, fine, maybe you can't build your own, but you can link into this general service that gives you this functionality with a minimum of effort on your part and you could always mm. seamlessly switch to a 
your own service later. Yeah. So you can re- so you can rely on one thing until you're ready to build your own. Although I think even one of the big stumbling blocks I see too, even going forward, is the the ease and ability from moving from one site to another. Uh, right now is you know near it's a huge hurdle, and I've seen several dozen people switch from static sites to dynamic or back or forth. In fact, I know a handful of people who I think it seems every six months to a year are building on some brand new platform and porting, trying to port over old data and make things work. And that's, you know, well, that, there's that's a, an there's a even a harder problem. In the community that that actually will work. Microformats itself is a storage engine. Yeah. So right now the Microformats server for WordPress does support one function that is listed in the specification, which is the ability to basically query posts. So if you actually sort through the entire specification, that's what I do when I have some spare time. I sit here and read. Which which specification? The microformat spec? Micropub. Or the micropub. Okay. Um, basically, in the section on querying, there you can query sort. You can query a micropub endpoint to return specific properties of a post. So you can actually ask it to deliver the post to you in microformat. Mm-hmm. So the advantage of that is if every micro pub-enabled site supports that, that means in order to export the content of a site into another site, all you have to do is read individual posts using an authenticated micropub client and then write those properties into another service. Hmm. I hadn't even thought of that. That's But that's got a lot of power to it. Yeah, and the thing is, that means interoperability. Whatever you can say about the indie web protocols that have been developed, they're all platform neutral. So a web mention will work on anything because it's the person receiving the web mention who decides what to do with it. Mm-hmm. So whoever's sending it doesn't need to know what's going to be done with it. Um, <laughs> with Micropub, again, it all works on properties. So it's up to the server to decide what to do with those properties. So if the yeah. client asks, send me all your properties, the server will deliver the property. And if this client is also a server, then all it does is it queries another server for properties. So it acts as a client and then it acts it uses its server functionality to actually generate those posts. So it imports them. You've just created a universal importer. I kind of want, has, uh, I haven't seen any conversation on it, but it, has Manton Reese uh, mentioned or talked about doing something like that? Well, what um, what he talked about I, it at, I know, at, yeah, at I know he's, yeah, go ahead. Well, at Indie Web Camp Awesome. Now, one of the topics was him trying to solve a related problem by an extension to Micropub. So one of the, let me just find the, the talk here, static site. Here we are, Micropub Post Lifecycle, which is available at uh, slash 2017 slash Austin slash Micropub. Uh, on the IndieWeb.org yes. site. Yeah, yeah so um, basically the notes, I'm just going to read from it. Uh, in, the Micropub spec is currently about creating posts and assumes you already know what you're editing. Uh, so the idea was the problem is how do you pull something back in order to properly edit it? And there was mm-hmm. a whole discussion there. How do you, the, right now, there's nothing to get recent posts. So you can request a specific post, but there's nothing to basically discuss. How do you retrieve lists of posts and other functionality? There's a discussion of how this relates to the old XML RPC and meta weblog APIs. So basically, that type of functionality is needed an API to get recent posts, mm-hmm. um, the possibility of paging for older posts, uh, getting a list of categories, getting autocomplete for tags. So all sorts of things you need in order to make a universal editing system would also come out of that same thing. 
So all we have now that's built into the spec is query for source, which is to query for the properties of a specific post or to query and ask for specific properties. The actual specification says you can ask for the post and get all the properties, or you can ask for specific properties on the post and just get what you want. Mm -hmm. Um, But what happens when you, how do you get posts? um, Right now, a micro pub server doesn't allow you to say, give me all the, give me a list of all the posts between X date and X date. Yeah. That type of functionality isn't there. That would be next. But right now, if you actually know what the URLs for each individual post, you can pull out the micro format and you can use that as sort of a universal importer. Mm -hmm. Now, if you don't have that, you could just parse everything yourself. If every, if you have a micro formats enabled site, you could basically parse the page and then import it into another site and completely reproduce it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes portability a, yeah. a, whole, a whole lot easier. So microformats do make things portable with or without a micropub server. I'm mentioning this because people like servers. They like the yeah. ability to know that the thing is going to come out in a structured format, but you could also just parse the HTML. Remember that classic microformats t-shirt, which is HTML is my API. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't own one of those t-shirts. <laughs> no, I don't. I don't know a whole lot who do, uh, and I, and I think I own one of the last, very last of the last batch of microformats T-shirts that says something like, you know, microformats. We do it with class. Yeah, there are a lot of really good slogans there. Um, no, that just, you know, I hadn't even thought of things in in that setup and format before. So, but there's a lot something. of possibilities every time we get together, which is what uh, Indie Web Camp is. It's a bunch of people getting together and talking about this stuff. And then the next day, everybody's so excited about what they talked about the first day that they want to build it. Admittedly, there's yeah. never enough time to build everything that you can imagine, but it's basically an event where people talk about what they'd like to do. And admittedly, there have actually been several topics that I have never done anything with. Mm-hmm. Uh, for example, endorsement. Yeah. One of the most interesting topics that no one's ever done anything so endorsements was uh, Indie Web Camp New York City, twenty fourteen. Was that twenty fourteen? I thought or, it was twenty sixteen. Yeah, I don't. Well, uh, I, did, I didn't. I didn't know. So I don't remember. Twenty sixteen. It was Indie Web uh, Camp New York City two. It was the successor to the original Indie Web Camp New York City twenty sixteen, which was snowed out. Uh, and basically, uh, the discussion was endorsements with an I was short for Indie Web endorsement. So the idea was uh, finding folks to do work, finding mentors, interested learners, achievements in video games, work done during a degree program, contributed work, being good. So the idea was that an individual writes an endorsement on their site and sends it via web mention to the person they're endorsing. Or you post a skill and people endorse it via web mention. Mm-hmm. So you have it. the other thing. You post an assertion on your site and other people reply to it with a post endorsing or supporting that assertion. So essentially, kind of, uh, I think the closest thing I can think of in the silo world is the types of endorsements that LinkedIn does. Hey, I've, you know, got some experience in writing PHP code, and people who've worked with me in the past can say, yes, in fact, I do know. Well, that was sort of the that was the motivation for this discussion. Yeah, it was it was one of the attendees who was talking about this idea that there's no real indie web way to do this and there was a lot of very interesting brainstorming but nobody ever built the thing yeah and one day i will come i will come back and build this if nobody else ever but it's What's a, it's yeah. just a good example of there are a lot of ideas that interest me and interest other people that we never quite get around to building some are easier than others uh, you mentioned issues it was very easy to just sort of add that in and make sure that if anybody wanted it, it was there and i stopped doing a bunch of things to do that because i knew there'd be so much interest mm-hmm. it was easy enough to do it um, I probably using it, 
but that's a whole other problem on my hand about me not doing what I actually practice and I preach often. Yeah. Well, by, by, by using it, though, you, you know, essentially are self-dogfooding it. And in using it, you figure out what the pain points and UI issues are for the things that, you know, could be better or easier or smoother, um, which also, I think, goes back to, you know, Eli's post of how, do, how does one generation make things easier for the next? And I think you're right. The dog footing is part of that. You know, and um, whenever I sit down and say, I'm going to write something, I often talk myself out of it. <laughs> I'm very good at talking myself out of, of doing something that I probably shouldn't be doing because there's always so much more to do. Um, oh, either that or you've got so many people Tom Sawyering you to add bits and pieces of other things. Um, which is, you know, can be a useful thing too. Well, I, I like the I like the challenge of saying, okay, I can actually accomplish this goal. I'm not depending on anybody else. So, in terms of the whole dog fooding, yeah, I may not use my tools as much as I should, as much as I think I should. But the, there is this odd pleasure that I get in actually being able to accomplish something because I'm the one who makes decisions. Mm-hmm. Too often in life, I'm not the one making decisions. I'm just along for the ride. <laughs> it's sort of yes. nice to, to be. <laughs> The person who's just saying, okay, I'm doing this, it's getting done. You may not like how it gets done, but it, it will get done. Yeah. It will be built. People will have it. Or that minimum viable product will exist, at least for either you or someone else to come along and improve at a later date. And notice what I told you. The project that I've been working on and off for a few weeks involves something that I don't know if anybody other than me will ever use. Yeah. Oh, so, no, I, th- so I have I a feeling others will use it. It's just a... No, I Finding. deliberately picked a. I deliberately picked my next thing to be something that I didn't think would necessarily, even if other people tried it, would not get wide adoption. Yeah. So that's basically integrating my entire home automation system with my website. So I'm sure somebody seeing that is going to say, "Why didn't I think of that?" Yeah. And it may like it, but it's sort of okay. Um, so I may be fulfilling somebody else's need in the future, but it will be a need that they didn't know they had. Yeah. Well, eventually, somebody's going to want to be able to say. Uh, hey Alexa, you know, create a, uh, you know, a chicken post on my website with, you know, specific categories and content in it. And, you know, it will be nice that your voice automated assistant can do that for you. And technically with what I'm, (laughs) with what I'm setting up, that may be a long-term possibility. Now, right now I'm not doing that. My first step involves going the other way, is extracting data and bringing it to my site, not the other way around, which sending data to my site, but I have the setup for that already, even though it's not the first part of the plan. Yeah. So I just want to be able to do all sorts of things um, should be coming soon, which when I'm building, already having a lot of fun with that, even though nobody's seen any of it yet. Yeah. Well, and that's, you know, that's where it Maybe all starts. Maybe I should write about it. Somebody, well, yeah, or start writing about it, and then other people who are looking for, searching for it on the internet will be able to find it and, you know, conglomerate around those series of posts or ideas or take those ideas and expand on them or build out from there to build the other side of well, I'm waiting for the I'm waiting for the crazy thing that's on, that I put on the list of possibilities which yeah. is somebody um, sends a web mention to my website and my lights yeah <laughs> or they turn red or um, a Google home speaker which uh, my home automation system can send any arbitrary text to and speak yeah actually says you have a web mention and reads the thing out but only while I'm in the house, because if I wasn't in the house, that would be weird. Uh, yeah, well, or depending on what, um, how much it reads out. You know, if I send you a web mention that 
you know, ask Google Home to order you, you know, uh, you know, a brand new car, let's say, you know, you got to be careful that things you don't want don't suddenly start showing up at your doorstep. Uh, so like this, let's see if I can make that work. I have a web mention. Like that? <laughs> exactly. As I said, I can just, I can make it say anything, so... I just did that by typing it in, but I can make it literally say anything. So why not make it when it receives a web mention? Why not make it say around yeah. the house? There you go. <laughs> it, no, that's arbitrarily. And again, uh, we all have something to look forward to. Or if you can take, um, you know, Aaron Parecki's micro sub concept and and subscribe to. Chris Aldrich liked my post. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm going to stop doing that. But you get the point. <laughs> that's pretty awesome, though. But if you can do that with microsub so that instead of having a feed reader, they actually have to go out and read, and you can have your home automation assistant read to you posts that are next up in your queue, you know, I, I can see that being a really huge bit of functionality. So suddenly it's not, you know, but by writing articles or posts, suddenly you're in some sense podcasting, uh, but you're doing it through text-to-speech and people, uh, in the other direction. People have tried that. But again, this is, as I said, it's probably the first project I've had in a while where I don't immediately see a group of other people clamoring for it. Yeah, I'm the one who's who's saying, I want this to be linked in. And well, now that I've heard the concept, though, now I'm starting to think I have to have this. Yeah, well, there are other crazy things I've done as part of this, um, which included trying to uh, lock on to GPS coordinates onto while on a plane in order to try to figure out how to display altitude. Yeah. Um, nobody displays altitude. Although mm. I may have come close to convincing Aaron Parecki to start when I was telling him. Yeah. Well, he's the he, he's the geolocation guru. That was his... Yeah. Uh, it's in his bio that he's well known for tracking his location. Yeah. Well, if you can th- throw in things like that and, you know, even, you know, add a field for airspeed, you may be able to actually... Well, why would I know, do rem- that? I already added it. You, well, you can, well, okay. So if you've already got it, then you should be able to set up something that can calculate from where you are currently mid-flight to best guesstimate when your actual landing time will be plus or minus some small amount of error. So you've, can, you can better order your you know, taxi or lift ride when you arrive. Or either that or tell your friend by web mention, you know, I expect to arrive either on time or 20 minutes late. That way, when they come to, to the airport to pick you up by web mention, they'll know when they should leave to actually get there. But so you you never actually noticed um, every single property that's being stored in simple location? Oh no, I've looked at a bunch of them, and it, there's almost there's almost too many. I actually almost fell over when I opened up uh, my SQL database uh, a couple of weeks ago to see all the new. Yeah, there's there's a bunch that are hiding. Uh, latitude, longitude, address, uh, map zoom, altitude, speed, heading, temperature, units, humidity, pressure, uh, summary of weather, weather icon, visibility, wind speed, wind degree, and not only that, but I have a bunch that are not currently being recorded that are actually uh, part of the first weather provider, and my goal is before the, the season is out to add at least a second weather provider. Yeah. Um, but I have uh, rainfall and snowfall. <laughs> Well, this started during a snowstorm. I started yeah. playing with weather because I was stuck in snow. But So there are all these properties that I'm pulling back, and I'm not using them the same way that 
and everything else, I'm I'm storing a bunch of stuff with the idea that I might use it. At the and yeah. I'm, you know, I'm waiting for one person to tell me I'm clogging up their database by storing one of these, but nobody's, <laughs> no, I, I don't think anybody's noticed that I, that I'm basically, uh, when I, whenever you see me posting on a plane, it's so that at some point in the future, I can go back to that post when I've figured out how to display altitude. Yeah. I don't think anybody's quite realized that's what I'm up to. Yeah. Because they're not using it yet themselves either. Well, um, it's sort of hard to explain to anyone why I would do that or how yeah. I would bother doing that. And then you sort of look at people and say, okay, um, there's at least one person I'm sure who thinks that I'm crazy. Yeah. For that. No, but it, it all, you know, eventually it all becomes useful. It, even if it's not now, it's the idea that it's there and what can you do with it after the fact. And I, I you know, even things like somebody asked me the other day, we were talking about web mentions and they said, oh, so it's just for comments. And I said, well, actually, the fact that they exist opens up new avenues of doing other things with them. And yes, the primary use most people use them for is to create comments on your website. But folks like, uh, you know, Cardic have used those to create inline annotations on their website, or you could use them to create, you know, things like highlights or, you know, textual level commentary. Um, well, there there are other things that interest me because my education was in library science where at one indie web camp we were talking about um, transferring bibliographic records via web mention. Yeah. Uh, another thing that if I ever figured out how to do that, I would start working on it. Or I saw, I saw John Udell added a few weeks ago. He's one of the uh, developers on Hypothesis. He has kind of improved some uh, and created a tool for bookmarking custom sections of audio or video uh, with media fragments. So with web mentions, you now could potentially build in custom UI that looks a lot like how um, SoundCloud does uh, commentary on audio tracks so that you can display someone's you know avatar at a specific part of a waveform on a, an audio track with a piece of commentary about that piece of the audio or video at that point, um, which is a, a whole nother area, I think, of web mentions that nobody's played around with yet. But that kind of functionality is something I've wanted since probably even before SoundCloud added it as a piece of custom functionality on their own website. Well. Um, well, that's the other reason for doing this podcast. It's, it's another excuse to have some things to play with audio. Yeah. One of the ideas for this particular podcast was, you know, for now, I may post it on my site, maybe have you repost it on your site, which is sort of an interesting way to do a podcast. It doesn't have its own home. It just exists on the homes of anybody who's with it. Yep. But it's sort of an excuse to say, okay, um, now I have a reason to play with audio posts, which I never... Mm -hmm. so or I, even to even to create new ways of discovering audio, because I've been doing listening posts for a while, and I actually had a podcaster notice that there was a ping from my server to his, and he said, I see you've posted audio on your site. And he's like, I think he said, I want you to take it down. And I said, well, in fact, I, I'm not copying what you've done. I've just wrapped your MP3 file in an audio tag so when somebody's playing it on my site, it's actually being served from your server. So in some sense, I'm doing you a favor and, you know, recommending P3 
people listen did they, did they see to it your, that way though and the source uh, and it took them a while of thinking about what was going on but because it's being served from their server they're they're getting the ping to know that there was a download or a listen that started because it's all hosted on their server I, and i it took them a few minutes to realize what i was doing and why um but it's almost like me sending out a follow Friday tweet on Twitter with three or four people who I think are interesting to follow. It's kind of a, hey, I made this post on my website. You should go see this other thing. And I, you know, my intention was actually that people go from my site to to the original podcast so they get the rest of the rich experience with all the other multimedia that lives there. But if you see me post about it, you can listen to a snippet to sample it with the intention that ideally you would go to their site and subscribe full time. Um, uh, but it's that kind of discovery mechanism, I think, is hugely missing from the monoculture that is iTunes. And uh, Apple has been doing next to nothing with iterating on any piece or portion of their... Well, admittedly, as somebody who's an Android user, um, every time I listen to a podcast, it's Please rate us on iTunes. And I'm sitting here yeah. saying, okay, fine. I don't use iTunes. I don't have an interest in using iTunes. But yet that's the only place where anybody cares whether or not I give my opinion on your program. Yeah. So well, and there's, and that's that good. whole market is ripe for somebody to come in and say there has to be a better place for people to say that they like things and discovery has to be worked on. Yeah. And or Google least... tried to get involved, but nobody pays attention to what Google's doing in that regard. Well, I think the tough part is the the barrier for entry into that is so reasonably high. And I'm curious what the indie web way of setting that up looks like um, in terms of having a different place, you know, where reviews might be held or hosted. But then, you know, ideally the ultimate would be you have a podcast on your website. I can post on mine that I listen to it. And here's my thought or mini review, not only on the podcast as a whole, but that specific episode. And I can then send a web mention, which may include, you know, one to five stars or one to 10 or whatever that is. And then your podcast and the data that, that goes along with it now has the ability to post how many people listened to it, how many people commented on it, what those comments were, what those ratings were. And then you can show that then to the world so that your own site hosting the podcast becomes the end-all be-all point of distribution rather than you having to rely on something like iTunes or, you know, even Google or any of the other, you know, 20 repositories that are, you know, trying to nip at the heels of that piece of the puzzle. Um, but I, I think, think I need to, I think I need to post an issue kind right now. Yeah, there you go. You gave me an idea. But, and I, you know, I think there are now because of, particularly the post kinds plugin there's enough people using it and listens i think are enabled by default that there are now because of you several hundred people who potentially could be posting these posts that it should be added to post type discovery so that when i do listen to your podcast and i post a listen it shows up as a listen or a like or a bookmark the way they do on most platforms now with a, either a face pile or some other version and you just uh -oh. identified what issue I want to post. <laughs> um, but if you do that in the podcasting world, or if you do the similar a similar type of thing with reads, because anything I read on the internet now, I make a post that I've read that thing. 
which has become infinitely handy for me for times when I'd be like, you know, I read this article three months ago and I remember the gist of it, but I don't remember the specifics and I want to recommend it to someone else. I can do a quick search on my website and find the thing almost immediately and send it off. But if you imagine how the journalism world would work if some company like the New York Times could say, here's a list of all the read web mentions we've gotten. Um, and this is how many people have actually read this article versus the rest of the number of people who've either liked it or bookmarked it or made a comment. And that then gives the journalism outlet a much greater idea of what kind of impact that piece had. Whereas now the best that they get is you know a number of hits to their server or even worse you know a facebook google plus linkedin twitter icon that says some random number and nine times out of ten i don't know what those numbers actually mean or how true they are but with web mention if they're receiving them and displaying them there's a two-way verifiable and auditable setup that allows me to to know that, yes, in fact, this article is the most popular thing on their website this month. Well, you have the other part of it, which is imagine your reader could actually send red posts. Yep. You could basically generate them automatically after you finish reading something. Yep. And again, uh, you don't have to display those on the front of your website. Admittedly, right now, my website displays everything on the front. Yeah. <laughs> I don't have a sort um, admittedly, at some point, it's going to, if I keep creating different types of posts, I'm eventually going to have to do something about that. And not put everything on the front page, but as of now, I am. Although looking at my front page, um, there may be some inspiration in that regard because right now uh, some things are looking a little boring, uh, so I may have to reconsider. Uh, for example, my check-ins look very boring on the front page of my site. Yeah, well, the, and there are people I know who, uh, you know, who post a lot of stuff to their website who I think are hiding some really good, valuable stuff from their front page. Um, you know, and that's their option and prerogative. But then it sometimes makes it more difficult for me to to be able to easily subscribe to and extract the data I'd like to have from, from their site back out. Well, I don't know. I'd sort of like to have it so that I'd have all the views that people would want. And you have, what what is it, like 20 or 30 icons at the top that have all the different views you're thinking of. Yeah. But I'd sort of like to say, okay, fine, here's uh, my main view, which is what I think somebody scrolling through the site would want to see. Here's the all view where it's pretty much every single possible thing you could see. And here's, I'd sort of like to separate it out into a few different versions where I could say, this is what I think you want to see. This is every, this is the entire fire hose. And mm -hmm. here are some of the individual types. So as I said, while we were just talking, I just posted an issue. You said I didn't post any of, and I hadn't on my site. So I just did. Uh, and it was based on this conversation. So right now um, I do not support displaying listens on a post of an audio type. Same thing with watch or read. So I just posted mm -hmm. an issue suggesting that I might want to do that. So here's back to the sort of the inspiration, which is if we keep doing this show and the show is basically us having a conversation, which makes it much easier, or us plus somebody else that we invite, just having a conversation about what we consider important and what we're thinking of in time we do it, then yep. I have a bunch of posts and I have motivation to write tools around that, to basically work on audio posts, to work on podcasting, tools for the indie web to work on receiving listens seems like a really mm. good way to get things done and then we could judge the quality of every episode by how many issues it generates well is that the quality of the episode or um, wouldn't it be the quality of the episode is how many uh, indie web tools overall that it either generates or that 
uh, people used consume it? Oh, I think there's many levels on which you could judge the quality. I'm... Well, I'm saying if if people are listening yeah. and they're using indie web tools in order to demonstrate their that they're listening, yeah, then that's oh, one no. that's one successful metric. If it's inspiring the building of tools, because you know you can look at uh, let's say Marty McGuire has a uh, basically a micropub podcast client yep. where he which he used to post his podcasts. So there's a bunch of different options there for what. Could then you get into how do you handle the feed. So I'm not going to post it, even though RSS will be there, because obviously if I have an audio kind and I have a category, WordPress automatically generates that stuff anyway. I don't have to. Yeah. Um, but I'm not going to be doing anything podcast specific, no podcast plugin, so nothing to enhance WordPress in that area. I'm just mm-hmm. going to be my tool and whatever's built into WordPress. Yeah. That's the, There's the challenge. And for now, it doesn't even have a site of its own. It lives on your site and my site. Because I'm assuming I post it, you repost it. Or I even post a link back to yours. So there's yeah. one central repository that can know how many times it was seen or downloaded at least. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. A repost would work yeah. in this case because a repost is basically just a copy. Yeah. Although I don't think we've we've ever discussed, well, if you have a repost of a post um, do you? and then somebody likes the repost, are they liking the original post? Or are they liking the repost of the post? Do you carry forward your your and, and and here's where I have to have cell mentions built in to do exactly that. I'm not there yet. <laughs> that I, way, they just get forwarded on. But you know, yeah. that's another another issue for another day. Uh, yeah, it got sort of torpedoed by the whole comment permalink problem. Yeah, which I sort of tabled a while back. Either way, it leads to a lot of things where. People build things because they have itches. I'm trying to make myself itchy. Yeah. Oh, well, I, I never seem to have a problem doing that. Well, I'm, I'm saying on different topics. Although for the newbies in the uh, in the uh, uh, indie web world, uh, an itch is a, a, th- a thing one has for a piece of functionality they'd like to build into their website. Um, yeah, and, you know, I always have mine. Um, owning my bookmarks has been on my list for a long time, and I've never quite gotten there. And part of that is the mobile functionality. The place where I do most of my article reading happens to be on my phone, and I don't mm-hmm. have a very good way of getting that into my site, and I've been working on that. That's where all of the functionality that you commented on came from. The ability to generate information about any given URL in order to display it, a post, such as a bookmark post, a like, or what have you, all came out of me trying to own my own bookmarks. Because there was no yeah. point in me in me doing that unless I had that function. Yeah. Because I didn't just well, I, want a link; I wanted more than. I noticed it's. I think it's been maybe a week or so, and I think I've seen someone building a micro pub client for Android specifically. Yeah. I, and I, I, I saw almost sure. immediately that you, you had commented on their issue queue already. So, um, even I've, that is I've often on the way. Well, every time somebody talks about micro pub, it's that's what I'm looking. For. Yeah. So what happens? Somebody starts doing it, and I start saying, well, this doesn't work, and do this. And I think I scared them. <laughs> I haven't heard from them in a while. I haven't seen a new update pushed. Yeah. Well, um, it's, I don't think it's his day job either. So no, I'm, I'm joking anyway. Yeah. I'm hoping I, I, I didn't scare anybody off. I haven't, I haven't read any of your comments on that issue, Q. Is, did you get it to work to post anything? Uh, yeah, after the last refresh. It was not working until... He made some changes, but one of my comments was, there's nothing in there that actually tells me whether or not it was sent. So yeah. I pressed a button and nothing seemed to happen. I pressed it again. I went to the test site that I have it hooked up to, and there were three posts there. So, Oh, good. Okay. 
I haven't I haven't updated in the last few days, so I my initial attempt was a failure. Although I fortunately I know enough about what's going on and what to expect that the handful of UI things that aren't built in yet and didn't throw errors didn't scare me. And it took a while to kind of jump through and no, but I knew what to expect or not expect. So, um, well, over time, I'm hoping that that uh, grows because iOS has a very nice growing micropub client, and I'd like Android to have parity on that. Yeah, and especially since, as I said, I want to post to my site from anywhere. One of the yep. biggest barriers is mobile. Yeah, at least for me, because that's where if I have a quick thought, I'm not always at my computer. Mm-hmm. So I've been trying to to make parts of the experience easier because. If I have to wait to get back to my computer, I will probably talk myself out of doing whatever post I was. Doing. Yeah. Well, I've been I've been cheating because I like to own all the data. So even when no more indie web forward way exists, I'll still I often will drop back to a a pesos option to be at least be able to own a chunk or a portion of the data that I'd like to have off in the future. So. Well, I keep right. moving in the same direction where I'm sort of trying to figure out. What can I do next? So I've I've got some stopgap options and until either I get around to building or tweaking them myself, or um, or you add that stuff for me. So, uh, but in any case, thank you for well, I, I, I everything keep... that my site is. I should ta- in fact I should take all of the the great commentary I get in my web mentions and have it set up so that they forward on to you as well. I don't get enough web mentions. <laughs> That you've sent me, <laughs> I, you know, I including the ones not. that I've moderated and never actually shown. <laughs> yeah, no, um, I don't even I don't even bother to look at those or, or not. So, uh, well, I ha- let's see here. Um, if I just go into comments and search for your name, uh, let's see. Chris Aldrich mentioned this on bafosaco.com. For those interested in more and who know a bit of code, David's also got a master class in adding microformats to my themes. Oh, Author Chris yeah. Aldrich mentioned this on bafosaco.com. Chris Aldrich liked this article. Author Chris Aldrich. Sometimes you're Chris Aldrich. Sometimes you're author Chris Aldrich. Oh yeah, I had a I had a microformats issue a while back that was yeah. causing issues, and I I think I fixed it. So yeah, um, uh-huh. let's see. Simple Twitter UI buttons can allow Twitter to become part of your commenting system here and there. Uh, okay, may- I'll, I'll I'll here's the here's the big question. What's the number in the top? Uh, the top right corner. What number of items that have the word Aldrich in it? <laughs> exactly. Uh, 60. Oh, okay. Then I need to send you more. I need to send you more. Yes. Welcome home. Like this note on ownyourswarm.p3k.io. Like this photo on Instagram. Like this note on ownyourswarm. Like this photo on Instagram. Have fun. Uh, let's see. Uh, comment on AIM shutting down. Mention this on site. Uh, so <laughs> I have to figure out, you're the reason why I worked on um, what to do with about. Oh, yeah. Okay. Because basically, homepage, uh, you're the reason why I have to figure out what to do about homepage mentions. So you don't send them, you don't redirect them to a different page? I do, but I haven't figured out what to do with them once they're on that page. Oh, okay. Um, but I'm storing them. Uh, some of them I am actually displaying, but um, I have not quite figured out what to do with that. With that. And you can look at the about page on my site, and they're there. Uh, there are you all could... these mentions of me uh, with all these pictures of the same people over and over again. And if I hit, um, if I allowed all of yours, there'd be like you know, like fifty Chris Aldrich heads. Yeah. As is, there are two Marty McGuire heads and two Aaron Parecki heads. So here's what you do: is you create a fan club page and put them all there. Well, 
again, uh, you were part of the problem. The other problem was Aaron Parecki, who basically, let me see if I could find uh, an example of what he was doing. Uh, he was checking me into places. Oh, yeah, yeah, I remember that. So he had, hello from Indie Webcap Baltimore with Gregor, David, Marty, and microformats. Yeah. So I have that, that post, is, that, see, that comment is still moderated because I haven't quite figured out what to do with it. Uh, but whenever he mentioned me, it was sort of, uh, okay, I don't know how, to, that's, it go, it's a homepage mention, so it goes to my about page, but it's not quite that, and I still haven't figured out what to do with them. So I have this one, still here waiting for a catering cart, David came by to say hi. So the question is, how can you translate those web mentions and not have them be comment-type things, but instead allow them to be post-content types so that when he checks you into a place, it shows up as a post, as a check-in, the Uh, same way Facebook lets you make wall posts, as an example, maybe. Well, I wasn't the only one who had a problem with that, and he actually did um, ultimately solve that problem. Because um, I commented that being checked into a place was uh, something of a problem for me. Yeah. Uh, the problem being that I wanted to have a little more control over that. I didn't want to automatically say yes to any of these check-ins. Yeah. But I didn't necessarily want to say no. Uh, so <laughs> he actually added a checked-in buy property. Oh, yeah. To own your that. swarm, which is where this was coming from. And now that that property exists, now the the question that i haven't had time to look into is what do i do now that i can detect whether or not i'm being checked into something um what do i do on my side to actually make that work yeah Hmm. and you know this is the as i said this is the community in search of a problem i did a bunch of things because of these same posts i did a bunch of things in semantic linkbacks and wordpress that actually goes and looks at this issue so it now does to some degree recognize this again Mm -hmm. i'm saying to some degree and tries to do something yeah now the question is, and I never bothered to look, um, now that he has this, does um, he now displays it, checked in by blank on his site. So his post where he said hello from Indie Web Camp Baltimore actually says checked in by Gregor on his okay. site. Okay, yeah. Um, so basically I have to figure out, well, now that I have this, one, am I sent, if I'm checked in by somebody else right now, I'm not automatically letting that come to my site. Mm-hmm. And the reason why is I'd have to have it done on the Swarm side. Since this is coming from Swarm, I'd have to make it so that I agreed. Whenever there's a check-in, you have to agree on Swarm that you're being checked in by somebody else. Yeah. So it's blank tried to check you in here. And the stumbling block for me saying yes to those check-ins was the fact that I couldn't actually say that it wasn't me. Uh, okay. There are a so, few, there are a few so, other things to it. I don't always want people to know where I am. But now that it's there, so far, since then, since all the only people I know who are on Swarm are in the indie web community, I haven't been with any of them since I bothered to enhance this a little. So I haven't yeah. had the motivation to go in and actually put a checked-in property. But I did put in a Swarm coin property. Yeah. Oh, so, there you go. Um, so if you actually look at my website, if I get a coin, it actually does say it. Yeah. But that's the closest I've gotten to being uh, Swarm involved. Yeah. Well, I'll have to start checking you in from afar, maybe. What are you checking me into? So far, <laughs> let, um, you know, I've, I've done all sorts of... Uh, because I want to make sure that I'm still testing the future and improving it, I've, uh, let's see, I checked in at a uh, kosher chicken joint. I checked in when I was on the road. So I don't normally yeah. check in when I'm, when I'm at home because I don't think I'm going anywhere interesting. Mm-hmm. But whenever I, le- whenever I leave town, I tend to do it. Yeah. Uh, which is probably a bad idea on the, in the sense that if I've left town, then I'm now telling people I'm not at home, not that I couldn't figure it out. Yeah. 
which is the biggest problem for any sort of uh, location-based uh, tracking. It's mm-hmm. okay. Let's advertise to everybody. They can come rob my house. Yeah, exactly. So I'm or sorry. send or send me web mentions so that my home automation turns the lights on for them as they walk in the door. Well, I had a um, I've I've actually have to fix home automation because I discovered last Wednesday that I was able to reliably figure out that there was somebody in my apartment when I was not home who I did not expect to be there. Oh, geez. So Wednesday I started getting notifications the door to my apartment was open. <laughs> and I'm saying, okay, is somebody robbing my house? Yeah. Uh, well, it turned out no, but I certainly can improve that functionality. Yeah. Uh, but I haven't well, quite figured out how to link how to link uh, security monitoring into my website as a, a post type. Yeah. Uh, well, you know, the break-in post kind. Yeah, or the call the police post kind. Yeah. Uh, by the way, if you're wondering, it turned out that my cleaning lady had decided to come on a non-standard day and didn't tell me. Oh. <laughs> she does have, actually have a key to my apartment. Um, so she so, decided she had a doctor's appointment. She decided to come on a Wednesday instead of a Thursday, and I wasn't expecting her. Yeah. Um, so did you type in a message on your uh, computer to send her and have your home automation <laughs> say read out to her we've just called the police and well uh no because I, I i figured it out when i checked the i don't have an interior camera but i do have an exterior camera and spotted her oh that's I, good okay but i i figured if i program if i program the google home to start saying you weren't supposed to be here today then she might scream and run out of the place and oh yeah <laughs> bad idea especially in that you know electronic voice which is good yeah. So we're get, we're we're getting to the hour and a half mark here. Yeah, but uh, I've been enjoying it. Oh, it's it's been a lot of fun, and I I would go on for another hour and a half. But um, we have to save since this is a theoretical episode zero. We have to save something for episode one. Exactly, and you know I've got to eat some dinner here shortly too as well. So, but I honestly think I should just post it. See uh, what happens. You could, yeah, give it a shot. So See I will post it. At, it allows me to test whether or not I'm posting audio correctly. Cause I don't think I, other than testing, I don't think I've actually done an audio post as yeah. opposed to a listening post, which I did do. So I'm going to post this and see what happens. Okay. And, and then I'll means- either, oh, it'll give me a chance to do a rare repost or uh, yeah. one of my own. So we'll I really see have to goes. figure out what I want to do with reposting. Yeah. Well, remember, um, I'm by default, I'm not extracting the entirety of the content. Yeah. Um, maybe I need to, <laughs> we're thinking yeah. about Anyway, um, I hope people actually enjoy this. Um, just to cover a few things here, since uh, as in traditional podcasting style, uh, if you'd like to find me again, you may visit my website, david.shansky.com, and you may send me a web mention, a comment, a like, or anything through that site. And just to be fair, I will also syndicate this audio program to um, other social media platforms, as I am sure Chris will, because he's on all of them. <laughs> there's a platform he's met that he doesn't like haven't heard about it oh there's a lot i don't like but i'm on all of them anyway yeah i I slowly add platforms over time although admittedly i'm thinking of leaving google plus i'm never really touching i just on my account but i feel bad about leaving (laughs) hey i went a week ago and just because i could i syndicated something to plurk sort of the point um do you ever feel bad when you leave it where you when you leave a community it's not so much leaving a platform it's there were good conversations with plus it's just lately no in fact i just went to plus.google.com slash dshansky which is supposed to be my address and it said there is no such address did i actually lose my vanity name by not being on it often enough oh that's a good question oh according to this it's now plus.google.com slash david shansky so i didn't even change my profile and it somehow yeah 
So even your permalink URL on Google Plus has now disappeared. Yeah. Good job, Google. Yeah. Really annoys me there. So. Yeah. Another problem. So now it's uh, plus.google.com slash plus David Shansky, except that doesn't seem to work. When I put that in, it, it also gives me a hard time. So I actually have to go change my link. Anyway, one more thing to take care of. But it just but shows the, how long it's been since I actually did anything with my Google Plus account. Yeah. Well, we we all know the definitive location is david.chansky.com. Well, because I actually say on my website it's a definitive location? Exactly. Exactly. So I try. Uh, and you can find me, Chris Aldrich, at bafosaco.com. I always look forward to finding you there. Thank you. Well, I read well, all of your articles. I can't say that I read all of your check-ins and everything else, but I definitely get the article. Oh, well, there you go. I think it's the articles and the replies are probably the most valuable to the average person, but I'll let, I'll let the, the audience be the, the decider. Well, on that note, um, let's adjourn the first episode of this podcast, which, again, can be found on our respective sites and not on its own site. Yep. This time, if it's worth doing a site in the But for now, I think it's a more interesting experiment to not have one. Exactly. And if you have comments, uh, questions, or snide remarks, uh, feel free to... Basically, you can try a... Not only can you do your reply by web mention, you should be able to reply to two sites at once. Maybe not with the tool that I've created, but other tools allow that. No, no, you well, you could do it by you could do it by hand. Yeah, but I deliberately didn't do multi-reply. Um, it seemed too complex for an edge case, since most of the time you don't want to reply to two things. Yeah. On that note, let's adjourn. All right. Good night. Until the undisclosed next time we do this. Exactly. <laughs> All Enjoy right. Thanks, day. David. Have a good one.